But here's the thing, brothers and sisters. The church also has a mission, and our mission is way more important than any TV secret agent mission that you can think of. But I've noticed, I've noticed, sometimes the church accepts the mission, and sometimes the church doesn't. And just like the TV show, churches that do not accept the mission really don't last very long, do they? But those who accept the mission, well, with the power of the Spirit, anything is possible. Brothers and sisters, today I want to talk with you about mission possible, about the mission that God is giving to Timberlake Church. During February, our series is called We Are Timberlake, and we're taking these four Sundays, these four weeks, to lift up the vision that God has for our congregation and to celebrate God's faithfulness to us in the past and in the present and in the future. And so two Sundays ago, we told the Timberlake story of our beginnings on Homewood Drive and at the Timberlake Tavern. Last Sunday, we talked about our core values of grace and of excellence and of generosity and of hospitality. And today we are talking about our mission, which reminds me of the mission of the 12 spies of Israel. So when we left the 12 spies two weeks ago, they had been given their orders to go spy out the land of Canaan. So Israel has come to the edge of the promised land, and we would do well to remember sort of how they got there. Remember what you know about Israel. The Jewish people were slaves in Egypt. And during the Passover, which was actually the 10th plague, God passed over the land of Egypt. And the Jewish families who had slaughtered a lamb and put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, God passed over those homes and instead killed only the firstborn of the Egyptians and the Israelite families were saved. And so Pharaoh finally is persuaded to let God's people go. Pharaoh lets the Israelites go. Moses leads them out of Egypt and parts the water of the Red Sea. But by then, Pharaoh had changed his mind again and so sent his army chasing after God's people. So God's people get safely across the Red Sea. Now Pharaoh's army is in the middle between the waters, and Moses declares it, and the waters come back together and wash Pharaoh's army away. And so now the people of God are free, but they are now wandering in the wilderness. They are on their way somewhere else. And so they walked, and they walked, and they walked, and they walked until they came to Mount Sinai. And at Mount Sinai, they erected the tabernacle, which is a sort of a portable tent, a house of worship for the people of God. And it was on that mountain that God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And then God told them it's time to keep moving. And so they took down the tabernacle, and they packed up all their things, and they left camp. And thank goodness Brother Willie Nelson was uh, remembering to bring his guitar. And they all sang, On the Road Again... Just can't wait to get on the road again. And finally, they came to the land of Canaan. And now they are standing at the edge of the promised land. And Moses said to the 12 spies, go up into the hill country and see what the land is like. God told Moses to send the spies. So Moses sent them to go and check it out, see what the land is like, see what the people are like, see what the towns are like. And Moses said, bring me back some of those grapes. You know, he's just like T.D. Jakes. Moses said, I want some of those grapes. Bring me some of the grapes so we can see what the land is like. 
And so they went and spied out the land. This was their mission, to go and see and to begin to trust God with this future that God has for them. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. Aha, 40 days. If you read much of the Bible, you will notice that number 40 comes up again and again. It is a spiritually significant number. It's a common marker of time. And so 40 is the number of days that it rained on Noah and his family. 40 is the number of days that Jesus fasted in the wilderness. 40 is the number of years that Israel wandered in the wilderness. And so a season of 40 represents trial and testing. A season of 40 represents a preparation and training. And so we read into this, God is testing his people. God is preparing. God is training his people for what is next, for what is to come. And so the 12 spies come back after spying out the land for 40 days, and they make their report to the leaders, to Moses and to Aaron. And the spies said, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. And they brought Moses some of the grapes. And they said, the land is amazing. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It flows with milk and honey, and uh, everything is great, but... But, and Moses said, what do you mean, but? And they said, well, but, you know, the people who live in the land are strong, and the towns are fortified and very large. They said, you know, there's giants in the land, huge men with bad hair and and green teeth, and they devour anyone who tries to come into their land. Not only that, the towns are protected like castles, and there are guards at all the gates And all the spies are in agreement so far in their report. They agree the land is plentiful, flowing with milk and honey. They agree that there are giants in the land. But it's at this point in the report that the report begins to differ one from another, that the spies begin to disagree with one another about what is next. In fact, 10 of the 12 spies, leaders, all of them, it says, Ten of the spies are convinced this is not going to work. The ten spies said, we are not able to go up against this people, for they are stronger than we. The land that we have gone through as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people we saw in it are of great size. To ourselves, we seemed like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. This is the majority report. Ten of the spies... Leaders, all of them, said, there's no way we can do this. There is no way. They're too big. They're too strong. Compared to them, we're practically grasshoppers. But there is one more report to hear, the minority report. This is the report of Caleb and Joshua. You see, Caleb and Joshua sort of distinguished themselves from the other ten. They said, well, yeah, we went through the land with them, but we've got a, a different version of the same story. Friends, have you noticed that two different people will tell different versions of the same story? So Caleb and Joshua have a re- minority report, and they said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Let's go. Let's go take the land. We can do this. We're able. Let's go. Two reports. The majority report says, no way. (laughs) We cannot do this. And the minority report says, yes, we can do this. 
And here's the question. Which reality will they choose? Which reality will the people of God choose for themselves? Is this mission impossible or is this mission possible? Now the truth is, they should already know the answer to that question. And the fact that there are 10 leaders out of 12 who don't think it's possible is actually quite disheartening. Because, in fact, God himself has already given them the answer to the question. Go with me way back, friends, to the beginning of the story. The very beginning of Numbers chapter 13. Look at verses 1 and 2. The Lord said to Moses, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. Do you see? God is giving them the land. Is it possible? Ha! Yes, it's possible. It's more than possible because God can do it. Can you imagine what it was like for Caleb and Joshua? They must have been exasperated at this point. Caleb and Joshua are saying to themselves, what is happening right now? Do you not trust God? What what do you guys mean we can't go up into the land? It's called the promised land. Remember? God promised it to us. You know that story that our parents told us that we told our kids about Father Abraham had many sons? We're the sons and daughters of Abraham. We are the children of God. Do you think we came to this place by coincidence? God has been bringing us all along. God has been faithful to us all along. All that is left for us is to trust God and to go forward. Oh, there's giants. So what? There's always been giants. How about, how about the giants that were our Egyptian slave masters? God conquered those giants. God set us free. How about the giant of thirst in the desert where there is no water, and God made a rock produce water for us to drink? How about the giant of food in the desert, there is no food, and God rained down manna from heaven? And how about the giant of of where do we go and, and who's with us? And God himself showed up as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, and not once has God left us or forsaken us. Over and over again, God has provided everything we need. God is asking us to trust him. God is giving us the land. Look at what it says in verses 1 and 2. The Lord said to Moses, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. God promised it to them. They're not going to go take it. It is being given to them. It's from God. Would they just trust God and take the next step? Brothers and sisters, no mission of God is impossible because God is the one who makes it happen. God is the one who provides us with everything that we need. About two weeks ago on a Thursday afternoon, our church business manager, her name is Beth Francis, and she was having a meeting. Uh, She was meeting with the directors of our child development center and our trustees co-chairs, Leon Brandt and George Rosser, and they were talking about, gosh, you know, we really would like to have a new bus. 
for a while, we've been dreaming about a new bus for Timberlake, and we could take more youth on youth trips, and we could do more senior adult events and bring more senior adults, and, and we could include more kids in our after-school program, and we can do uh, more effective field trips with the summer camp. And so they're talking about how we really would like to have a bus. We have had this on our heart for some time now. And Leon and George, as good trustees do, they begin to ask questions. They say, well, what size bus do you need? And Beth said, well, you know, maybe a 25 to 30 person bus would be ideal, at least holds 25 to 30 people. And they said, okay, well, how are we going to pay for it, you know, because the buses aren't cheap. And they agreed, you know, this is going to be expensive. And we might have to do some kind of fundraising or really dig deep to find a way to pay for it. We've got some money saved, but it probably won't be enough. And they said, well, when do you need the bus? And they said, well, ideally, we would have it in place before June, because in June is when summer camp starts, and we'd like to be able to take the kids on field trips. And so they talked for a little while longer about the bus and Leon and George said, well, you know, we know some people. We'll go out there and start beating the bushes and see, um, you know, who might have a, a lead on a bus that we could go out and buy. And they're sitting there in the meeting, and Beth's phone begins to vibrate. And then George's phone also begins to vibrate. And they got a text. They got a text message at the same time. It was the same message. It was from Jennifer Vaughn, our dear sister, who has recently left us to go and serve at a church in Northern Virginia. And Jennifer's text said, hey, this is random. Does Timberlake want to buy a 36-passenger transport? Just had a bunch of work done on it. Just make an offer. God provides what we need every single time. And so we called up to the church, and we made them a real low offer, and they said, sure, no problem. We'd be glad for you to have the bus. And there was already enough money in the reserves from the CDC budget to cover the entire cost of the bus. And so God is giving us a bus. God is giving us a bus. Friends, I want you to see that God is faithful, that God is faithful to us over and over and over again. And the mission is possible, but not because of us, do you see? Not because of us, but because God is good and because God is faithful to us. God always provides for us. All we have to do is say yes. All we have to do is say, yes, Lord, we are willing, we are willing. In March of last year, we commissioned our own group of 12 spies, a vision team whose job was to clarify our identity, who we are, to imagine a future for our church, and to rewrite our mission statement. And so our vision team met once a month at my house on Sunday evenings, and we prayed, and we talked, and we read the Bible together, and we listened together for the voice of God, what God is saying to this church. And we asked ourselves, what is it that God is asking us to do? And what is our purpose? And why do we exist as a church? And you see, friends, the mission is the answer to all of these questions. And so we not only talked about these things as a vision team, we also brought you into the conversation. And we talked with you one-on-one -on -one and in our life groups and on a Wednesday night at a big Wednesday night dinner. And we asked these questions and we said, you know, why is it we exist and what are we here for and what is our purpose and as we had these conversations, three big ideas emerged. You said them, and the vision team affirmed and agreed that Timberlake is all about life change, 
Timberlake is all about service. Timberlake is all about Jesus. And so we took those big ideas and we took them like Play-Doh and we mashed them and molded them and moved them around and, and turned them in our hands and in our minds over and over until a clear mission statement emerged. A mission statement that we hope is easy to understand and easy to remember and most of all motivates us to go out there and do it for the sake of Jesus Christ. Are you ready? Here it is. This is our mission. Our mission is to reach, feed, and release people to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Our mission is to reach, feed, and release people to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Now, there is so much here. We could do a whole sermon series just on this, and we don't have that much time today. But let me take just a moment to hit the highlights. Reach. Think about how in Christ, God is reaching into the world for our salvation, right? That's the story of the incarnation. And so we, in turn, reach. We reach up to God in worship, and we reach out to our neighbors in service. Think about how reaching is, is for touching and for blessing. Think about the sort of a, a leaning, a straining when we reach. You see, it's not sit back and wait for someone to come to us. It's us going out to them. We also reach down, don't we? We reach down into the depths of our faith to cultivate the spiritual life. The next word is feed. Jesus is the bread of life, and he was always blessing people with food. He was sitting at table, and he was multiplying loaves of bread, and he was eating breakfast on the beach. And so we strive to feed people spiritually and physically with the gospel of Jesus Christ, with the word of God, with Wednesday night dinners and the food pantry and park view and meals on wheels, and the list goes on and on of the ways that we feed one another and our neighbors. And the next word is release. The Spirit of God has been released on the church at Pentecost, and so now we want to release one another to be in mission to the world. When I pray for you and I imagine you, I think of you as horses standing at the starting gate. And you know how horses are when they're at the starting gate? They are so eager to run. They just want someone to open the gate, right? So the leader's job is to open the gate and let the people of God be released into the world in mission for the sake of Jesus Christ, for the sake of blessing our neighbors. The next word is people. Our mission is to reach, feed, and release people. When the vision team asked you, what is the best thing about Timberlake? What is the best thing of everything we have going? What is the best thing about Timberlake? You know what we heard over and over and over again? Our people. You told me, Pastor, our people. That's the best thing about Timberlake. My friends are here. My family's here. I'm loved here. I'm included here. I have a place here because the people have made me feel welcome. Can I tell you how good that is? You have a good ecclesiology. Did you know that? You have a good ecclesiology. Ecclesiology is a fancy word that means our understanding of what the church is. So when you say the best thing about church is people, you have an outstanding ecclesiology because it reflects you don't think the church is a building. You don't think the church is a budget. You don't think the church is just some set of programs. You understand that the church is a body. The church is People, you have it exactly, exactly right. 
And I want you to understand why this matters so much. Because for 2,000 years, the local church has been God's plan of salvation for the world in the name of Jesus Christ. Do you realize that? God's plan of salvation for the world is the local church, which has been entrusted with the message of Jesus Christ. And so we have an incredibly important mission through our people to reach more people with the gospel. The last important idea is what I talked with the children about, becoming the hands and feet of Jesus. The goal of the Christian life is what we as Wesleyans call sanctification. Sanctification means becoming more and more like Jesus every day of our lives. And in his letter to the church at Corinth, Paul calls us the body of Christ. We are members of the body. We are his hands and we are his feet. And so think about what hands do, friends. What do hands do? Hands serve and hands touch and hands hold and hands encourage And hands bless, don't they? And think about what feet do. Feet support and feet go and feet move and feet travel into the places where Jesus leads us. This is our mission, to reach, feed, and release people to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Now, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to ask you to do three things. First, I'm going to ask you to memorize this mission statement. I'm going to ask you to commit it to memory in your mind, in your heart. Friends, this is only words on the paper unless we own it, okay? Now, speaking of, if you need a little help, it's right here. It's on the back of your bulletin, okay? So no excuses for not having it. It's going to be on the website. We can talk about it. We will talk about it over and over again, but I want you to memorize it and commit it right here to your heart so that, number two, You can tell someone about it. This week, I want you to tell two people about it. Okay, neighbors, coworkers, friends, someone. Tell two people, hey, my church has this awesome new mission statement. Let me tell you what it is, and let me tell you what it means to me. Okay, so first, memorize it. Second, tell two people about it. And three, I'm going to ask you to join me in asking God to make all of us missionaries. Friends, we are missionaries. And if we... Reserve that word missionary for only the people who go overseas and sell all their possessions. We are missing a grand opportunity to be missionaries to the people who live right here in our community and in our neighborhood. There are people sitting at home right now. There are people at Starbucks right now who need Jesus Christ And the only way that they're going to hear about Jesus is if you go and tell them is if you love them with a love that is so deep, they say to themselves, oh, I want what they have at Timberlake. I want what they have at Timberlake. Let me go and see. Let me come and be included and have a place amongst these brothers and sisters who have loved me and included me and shared Jesus with me. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for this mission that you have given us. We pray now, God, for courage to know it and to love it and to learn it and to be missionaries for the sake of your son Jesus in the world. God, we know that the mission field is ripe and ready for your seeds to take root and for good things to grow. 
We pray, God, for the power of your spirit to make it real this day and every day. For we are Timberlake Church, and we are your people, O God. In Jesus' name, amen. Our closing hymn this week is 593, found in your hymnal, Here I Am, Lord. We will sing all three verses together. Let us stand and sing loudly this hymn to our Lord.